Jesus' final charge to his disciples was to go and make disciples of all nations. And yet, many Christians today struggle to understand what this means for them, and many churches find it difficult to, quote, equip the saints for the work of the ministry. For the past 15 years, our friends at Downline Ministries have partnered with local churches by equipping men and women to know God's Word and to make disciples in the context of their homes, their churches, and their communities. They do this through the Downline Institute, a nine-month training program where students are taught Genesis to Revelation, biblical manhood, womanhood, and practical discipleship training. If you long for a greater knowledge of God's Word, a clearer vision for making disciples, and a strengthening of biblical discipleship in your church, check out the Downline Institute's in-person and virtual training options. Downline is offering our listeners $100 off the tuition cost. Just use the code LIFEWAY when you apply at downlineministries.com. LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Group Answers Podcast, a weekly show designed to resource, train, and encourage small group leaders. Each episode considers current trends and resources, as well as timeless truths and methods of discipleship. It's hosted by Brian Daniel and Chris Surratt. Now, enjoy the show. Our conversation with Drew Dixon was so interesting, we actually split it into two. So today you get to enjoy part one of our conversation with Drew. Welcome back to another episode of the Group Answers Podcast. Sure. I am Brian Daniel, and as always with Chris Surratt. Chris, welcome back to the show. Hey, Brian. It's good to see you. Yeah, I'm glad you, you threw show in there. I did interrupt a little bit, but I feel like if we don't do podcast show, people are going to wonder what's going on. Yeah, because just because of the, the whole thing to do with change, I guess, the whole, is why you would say that. Yeah, the whole thing. And I feel like if we don't put show on the end of it, it feels like we're degrading our product. When actually it's, it's every week it gets stronger and bigger. I don't know if you've noticed. I want to get our guest. I want to get today's guest in on this conversation. So you can go ahead with that intro, but I want to find out from Drew how he feels about calling. Do you end with podcast? Do you add show? Do you add radio to it? And just get some input on that from a third party because you and I do not agree. <laughs> we, we don't, but we're going to bring in Drew Dixon. Drew Dixon is a colleague at Lifeway. Uh, Drew, introduce yourself. What do you do at Lifeway? And then um, if you want to, you can answer Brian's question. If you don't, feel free not to. Whatever you want to sure. do. You yeah, always so, have that uh, option on the Group Answers <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's great. That's good to have that freedom. Uh, yeah, so I am the team leader for student ongoing Bible study at Lifeway, which doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people unless you work at Lifeway. So I'll try to explain what that means. Um, I oversee all of our quarterly Bible studies on the student level at Lifeway. So uh, right now there's three of those. There's Gospel Project, Explore the Bible, and Bible Studies for Life, all all those are for adults, students, and children, but I oversee the student products of those. So these are generally studies that churches use 
on an ongoing basis, like for their regular solution to curriculum for when their, their small groups or Sunday school classes meet. Uh, so, um, so yeah, it's a lot of fun. I love student ministry. Um, I have a background in student ministry as most of the people on our team do. We really value bringing people onto our team who care about students and student leaders and who are invested in that world and, um, you know, kind of see themselves called to, to do, um, student ministry on some level. Uh, so, um, yeah, I love students. I love student ministry and, um, really kind of get pinch myself regularly that I get to work in a space where, um, I get to lead teams that help students pursue teenagers, pursue Jesus. It's really cool. And we'll get to, um, that in just a minute, but I, I want to start out with something that's fascinating about, about you, Drew, is that you are a gamer and a lot of times when you say admit it, yes. you know, when you say that, people are like, oh, it's a gamer, you know. Not one of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Doesn't probably have Although a job. Although I think that's changing. But, and it's yeah. just awful killing everything stuff. So, But you <laughs> have kind of built a community around gaming. So talk, how did that happen? Sure, yeah. So um, three years ago, I co-founded a ministry called Love Thy Nerd. You can find it at lovethynerd.com. Uh, but before that, for probably about the last, oh gosh, almost 15 years, I've been doing ministry and writing about video games from a Christian perspective. I think um, way back, what, like almost 15 years ago, I was just looking around and realizing that video games were a really, really, really big deal. Like statistically, about 214 million Americans play video games regularly. So wow. it's more likely that you're a gamer than not. Uh, in our culture, actually. And I was looking at the, that reality and how big of a deal games were and, and realizing Christians aren't talking about this. If they are, they we're just sort of like thumbing our nose at it uh, or, or calling it demonic or whatever. Um, and so I wanted to explore that space as someone who kind of like, I grew up as a gamer, <laughs> like I, I've always, it's always been a hobby of mine. And so I wanted to explore that space uh, from a Christian perspective in a way that nobody was, which was a sort of balanced, trying to take a balanced, more nuanced perspective to it, to see the good, the bad, and the ugly you know, in it. And um, and so with Love Thy Nerd, we're a ministry that exists. It's it's bigger than just gaming for us now. Um, with Love Thy Nerd, we're trying to reach all different types of geeks and nerds. You know, people are into comics and anime and um, video games and tabletop games and board games and all kinds of things. But, um, you know, we see these people as a, as an unreached people group in, in a way, like a, a, just people that need to be loved and cared for and understood just like the rest of us. Um, and so, yeah, we, we go to gaming conventions all over the country and try to share the love of Jesus with people there, look for, for ways to build community. And then we also have a website where we help Christians understand gaming and nerd culture so that they can speak that language and, uh, love and serve their nerdy neighbors, like step into nerdy spaces, gaming conventions, um, you know, online games, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, you name it. Uh, I know that's like taboo for some churches to even talk about Dungeons and Dragons. So, um, I won't say too much about that, but, but just to step in those spaces <laughs> and, uh, and bring, bring some hope and some love and, and point them to, to Jesus. I had one, uh, because I had one, I just got to yeah, talk go about ahead. Dungeons and Dragons for a second. I had one experience with it as a kid, went over to a friend's house and, uh, they had Dungeons and Dragons and I played one game and actually, if I remember correctly, it was really, really fun. And then uh, found out yeah. later that it's demonic and I should never play it again. And I, I never did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Funny story. One of the guys that co-founded Love Thy Nerd with me, um, his parents were not really like strong Christians. In fact, they didn't really go to church or anything, but they had that same view of Dungeons and Dragons that it was like demonic or something. And they really didn't want him playing it, but he really, really wanted to. So finally he got them to agree to, um, to let them play at his house and they would watch like, and make sure everything was okay. Mm -hmm. You know? And so his parents watched him and his friends play Dungeons and Dragons. They were like, okay, we realize this isn't demonic, but please don't make us ever watch you play that game ever (laughs) again. Because they were like, so bored watching. (laughs) I think it's really fun to play, but probably not that much fun to sit on the sidelines and not participate in. But yeah. So, so I have a question for you. So I, I would say that I am, I am not a gamer, but it's not because it's certainly not because I thumb my nose as it, at it. It's because I know myself too well. And sure. if I got into Ghost Force Recon or John Madden football, I would never come out. I am sure yeah. of it. I would get lost <laughs> to it. And yeah. I, and uh, the obsessive compulsive side of me, I would, I would not be able to come back. You would, I would be lost yeah. forever. But I do had a question. I do have a question about. Um, like your association with it, as I understand it, tell me if I'm, tell me if I'm wrong on this for sure, but just in the same way that we might engage at a cultural level, um, television series or television or movies yeah. or even books, the same kind of temperament, I guess, or, or sensitivity could, can be applied to gaming. Is that true? And if it is, how are you exploiting that aspect of gaming? Yeah, I mean, I think it certainly can. I think, I mean, you can make an argument that games uh, engage our brains on a higher level than film or books or um, or television or even what, or sporting events or any of those things that we might consume, in the sense that they're interactive. But that's also what makes them great. Like they, and that's that's part of what makes that's a lot of the potential of gaming is that they're interactive. Like you are inputting into the outcome of what happens on screen. Um, so, so yeah, um, I think, I think there's similar, like, I think followers of Jesus need to cultivate similar, um, like disciplines of self care and disciplines of like knowing your limits and things like that with anything that we watch, um, you know, or, or consume like fantasy football or social media or whatever it is. Um, but there is a different, there's like a different engagement that games bring to them because of that input that we bring into the system, I think. Um, so uh, it doesn't make them worse or better uh, or, or even more dangerous necessary. It just necessarily just makes them different, I guess would be my answer. Does that answer your question? Now, when, yeah. Now, when I was a kid, gaming was very different, obviously. Um, Brian and I are around the same age and uh, the internet was not a thing. And so gaming was, you know, you got your mm-hmm. Atari or your Nintendo and basically if and Dungeons and Dragons, which I did play some, I had a season of that. Yeah, I did. That nice. was, that was a board game. Like we sat in a room and did it together. Um, where nowadays mm-hmm. it's, you know, you're interactive. My daughter actually watches gamers on YouTube. Oh yeah. And there's like this whole community hmm. around somebody playing a game and I'm fascinated yep. by that because we talk about community a lot, and obviously with small groups. Why do you think that is, Drew? What draws people into community around games? Yeah, I mean, I think it's because it's something that, you know, you when you hang out with other gamers, you immediately step into a space where you share a common language, a common vernacular. 
And so like, there's just this immediate understanding, um, especially cause like it's a huge culture. I mean, gaming is massive. Like I said before, you're more likely a gamer than not. And even people who think they're not gamers actually are because they have phones and they play, <laughs> and they play mobile games, Candy uh, Crush, which counts. I can kill some Candy games. Crush. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, if you meet somebody who's real, like if you're really into, um, I don't know, Skyrim or that's an old example, Zelda or whatever, you, you're, you're a big fan of Zelda and you've played every Zelda game and you meet someone who's also a big fan of Zelda. Like there's an instant connection mm-hmm. there, right? that um, you don't have to explain what Hyrule is or the Master Sword. Or, I'm probably losing some people here. But because if you're really into Zelda, you know what all those things are. Um, and you've played, you know, you've played Breath of the Wild and you've played, uh, you know, the latest iterations of the game. And so there's a common bond that's there. And so it's really easy to build community around the things that we love. I mean, I have a similar experience with the guys um, I go ride mountain bikes with. Like when we hang out, there's almost never a dull moment because we're either talking about the latest part that we want to buy and add to our bikes, or we're talking about the new trail system that we all want to go try out. Um, or we're talking about what happened on our last rides. Like there's just so much we share because we all speak that language. And I think this, I think that totally plays out in video game, uh, in video game communities all the time. And it's a really like, it's just such a ripe, uh, space for, ministry wow well we uh we do want to move on to uh student ministry and what you guys are doing there as it relates to uh the 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 majority of our audience but i think the takeaway here is that just like paul said i've become all things to all people so that i may Mm -hmm. by some means save some we need to embrace this part of our culture and understand that that doesn't mean you have to be a gamer but certainly i don't think we need to roll our eyes at it there is some merit to it and i do like drew is saying i think there's something very commendable about the communal aspect of it and if you think about it chris the, the the frontiers of that are with especially with the with the impact of covid are have been have been minimalized yeah and so gaming yeah. has really emerged out of that is one of the i don't know if i would go so far as to say cultural centers but certainly one of those places to where people can go and find community yeah i mean gamers were already doing what we were trying to figure out during the pandemic about finding community online you know, what we were trying to figure out with Zoom groups, all of that gamers have been doing for a, a yep. long time. So they're already connecting uh, through that medium. And I think I think we can. I think we can learn a lot from from that community and mm-hmm. reach that community. I think if you're not offering maybe a group you, that kind of bonds gamers, then think about it. Let's see if you can find somebody like yeah. Drew um, or uh, in his own words, a geek that you can uh, you can tap to maybe organize one of those groups. Mm-hmm. And I think at the very Love least, like, <laughs> yeah, I think at the very least we need to, um, make an effort to understand it, you know, understand gaming and nerd culture because it's such a huge deal. It would be like, I mean, think about the church that a church that would just refuse to ever talk about social media because they don't like it. Um, like, I think that would be like almost borderline sinful to never, talk about social media because it's such a huge part of how we communicate and how we live and like so navigating social media in a a, a, as a christian like learning how to navigate it as a christian is super important i think you could say the same thing for video gaming it's such a massive part of our culture that if we never talk about it um 
Like, I think we're doing the people in our groups and in our churches a disservice. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Drew Dixon. He is an editor on the LifeWay Student Ministry Publishing Team. Drew, thank you for being with us again today. I know you have a lot going on, and any time is valuable in your line of work, particularly in a deadline-driven world that we all live in. So really appreciate you. That is going to wrap it up for us. Thank you for joining us. As always, we encourage you to subscribe, to leave comments, to rate. All those things are only only mean good things for us downstream. So I hope you enjoyed this show and look forward to being with you again soon. <music>